Welcome to the Music Grind Podcast. This is episode 29. Welcome back to The Music Grind, the podcast where we take a look at a behind-the-scenes, a day-in-the-life of a working musician. Now, you may have noticed that there's been quite a bit of a gap between the previous episode and this one, and I do apologize for that, but um, you may also have noticed that there has been quite a lot going on in the world, uh, not only the pandemic, the global pandemic, which we did cover in previous episodes and a checkup and all that stuff, but um, further uh, social unrest, the um, injustices that have been exposed, um, murders of African Americans that have been exposed, um, not that they weren't already happening, but now we're just seeing a lot more of it. And a lot of that, as I think with all of us has been, a lot of that has been weighing on me. I think most of us who actually care about people, um, it weighs on us heavily. So I have actually been a little bit of a confession for my listeners. Um, I have actually been struggling with what really is the um, significance of this particular podcast. Uh, and you'll hear uh, in this episode, we I talk about it a little bit with my guest, uh, who, by the way, is Will Cecina. This is the second his second appearance on the podcast and I wanted to have him back on because he and I had a conversation a while ago about uh, some issues that I think are important to discuss. And in fact, over the course of this past month, I've been thinking about, like I said, the significance of this podcast. And, um, you know, I believe that um, I have a, a voice in a certain platform. However, um, Whatever size that platform is, I uh, have that platform, and I think I'd like to uh, use this uh, podcast. And uh, one of the things I want to do is start talking about real and significant issues that often, I feel, may not get talked about um, often enough. And today is one of those days. Um, I invited my friend Will to talk about uh, specifically about mental health and how it affects uh, musicians uh, depression, anxiety, uh, isolation, things like that. Um, because he shared a story with me a while ago that, uh, that struck me about something that, um, that he was going through while he was out on tour. And so today is one of those conversations where I just want to get real with, uh, with Will and, uh, want to show you, I want to bring you into these real conversations. And he happens to have written a song that deals with this. So I do also want to promo that. Uh, you're going to hear a, a bunch of topics covered today, but wait, uh, listen all the way through because the song that he wrote uh, called Pull Me Through, I will be playing it at the very end of the episode. And this will be essentially the world premiere of this song. 
Uh, it's called Pull Me Through. It will be available on um, on his YouTube and his Bandcamp, which I will have links in in the show notes. So again, at the very end of the episode, I will play uh, the so- the full song. So please listen all the way to the end. And I think um, I think that pretty much covers it for right now. I hope you enjoy this and uh, let's get real. Without further ado, Will Cecina. If you want to see change, you know, if, if protesting is your thing to apply pressure, then go for it. If you don't feel comfortable because of the pandemic, that's okay too. Uh, if you want to donate, you know, to a local organization or NAACP or whatever, uh, or if you just want to vote and try to be a decent human being and just do the best that you can, just, you know, that's all I really was planning on talking about. I don't. Like I said, there's people that know way more about it than I do. You know, I'm I'm following it. You know, through NPR and. Um, do you remember? Uh, I do. He, uh, they, he and live in Channel Side, I think now, or oh, somewhere really? downtown. Yeah. Wow. So he sent me a text. He sent me a message that he said um, he watched some of the first, the early protests in Tampa. And uh, from he watched it from their balcony, oh. and he saw, you know, he sent me a text the next day. He said, "Can you, can you, um, you know, call these numbers and the like local representatives?" And it, and one of them was uh, Jane Castor, mm-hmm. and ask, you know, she's everybody. The mayor, she's right? the mayor yeah. of Tampa, and uh, ask why the order was given at twelve thirty at midnight. Mm-hmm. to uh gas people and you know and, and all these uh peaceful protests you know so there i'm sure the i'm sure media is reporting and depending on who you watch i'm sure they're reporting this side and that side but i have it from a friend of mine who saw it yeah you know, they saw it with their own eyes yeah so it's like and he has no reason to lie to me you know no, what i mean I'm- so it's like this is no this this is real yeah you know, this it it is real i think <laughs> whether you're realizing it now or whether you've realized it for a while but didn't know what you could do um when you see someone pinned down on the ground for eight minutes and 46 seconds clearly not a threat like at all and crying out like for his mother when you're confronted with fact you can either react with denial because it's too much to bear or hatred or however your personal and maybe political beliefs might inform you or you can react as a another human being just seeing someone get murdered i mean it's to me a hundred percent clear that this guy was george floyd was murdered like he was murdered you know a hundred percent and that doesn't mean that police officers uh, 
don't have an incredibly challenging job. And it doesn't mean that they don't have to get up every day and when they say bye to their wife or their kids or whatever, that thought might cross their mind. You know, is this, is today the day that I get an altercation or someone tries to shoot at me? But to look at it from that point of view only, from the point of view of, um, you know, he's in a, the police officer is, is in a tough situation just trying to do the best he can. Well, that might be true in some instances, but in this instance, it absolutely was a police officer murdering George mm-hmm. Floyd. Um, but that's where, you know, on a personal level, I encourage everyone to vote, you know, to vote in your local elections, vote in the national election. Um, also, just because someone might not be the perfect candidate doesn't mean they can't check some of your boxes. Because if you look a, in at your everyday life, not everything is 100% perfect. That's just not the way the world is. So if there's a candidate that you think would check enough of those boxes and be serious about instituting cultural healing and accountability for police officers, then vote for that person, you know, just do something. (laughs) I think, um, I think local elections matter more in in those cases. There's so much attention. I agree. Rightly so. I mean, not rightly so, but it's, it's understandable why there's so much attention put on, national like the presidency that's a huge role a very uh public figure but there's so much more power in local elections there's so much more power in the congress or at least there should be um there's so much more local power in county you know who's your sheriff those are all elected officials who's the mayor of your town they decide who the police chief is you know who are the state representatives yeah, I, I've long believed and and pushed that local elections are much more important, and we we as a society ignore it. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, absolutely I agree. Though the part that can be fr- frustrating uh, for me is often when states run out of resources they need federal funding and federal funding can be withheld for political reasons because it's Congress that is going to approve or disprove funding for a state if they know what the money is going to be used for. So that's the part where, yeah, your representatives, definitely your representatives matter, but definitely your senator on a national level is very important on on legislation because that affects how much potentially how much money your state could get and I think you and I both know that in addition to compassion um, to solve problems you need you need time and you need energy and that takes money you know yeah. so I don't know man what a how have you been 
kind of just the past couple of weeks, month. I mean, there's so much going on in our country, but also on a more personal level, you know, not working or not working much and worrying about uh, the state of the music industry and just your own personal career. How have you been feeling? Uh, very torn. <laughs> I I don't know what to I don't know what to do just because um I like you know I think like most people I just want to get back to work. I just want to get back to what I what I do, what I'm good at, what I was trained for, what I've been working on, you know, for most of my life, making podcasts, right? Making podcasts, yeah. <laughs> and uh in fact, even that I I had a realization yesterday that um even that the podcast is something that I love to do and it's it's been an idea of mine for years and and through this whole time it just seems insignificant. Yeah. I don't know how I can use my voice. I'm still trying to figure that out. Um I think a lot of people are including myself, you know, it, yeah. to with the the larger injustice that has been happening but is being so much more exposed now does it really matter to talk about you know the music grind is that as is that as important you know and and so it's i don't know the answer to that i think some people will say yes some people will say no um i just have not had the uh the drive to do it um yeah. And that's and then I struggle with the guilt of that. Well, you know, I should be working on what I'm, what I'm doing, and I also should be working on, uh, on being more proactive, being more of an activist, and speaking out uh, for Black Lives Matter, and and speaking out for uh, justice, and and I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, and then and then I fall into that rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, I think. Oh man, <laughs> so many, so many things. I, f- I feel like I want to respond to, but um, I'm going to respond to the should be thing because everyone deals with their own personal guilt and/or hang-ups, um, or just idea of how they think they should be living their life versus the reality of how they actually are living their life on a day-to-day basis because of those personal hang-ups that everyone has. And uh, I think when you're... Money doesn't solve everything, of course, but when you have no income, when you're not getting unemployment from the state, even though you applied three months ago, and maybe you're down to like... 10% 10% of your normal operating income, which you can't live on, and you don't know if you're ever going to be able to make a sufficient living and the career that you've been grinding on for, what, 15 years, 10 years for you, right? 15 years, something like that. Uh, it's really hard to stay motivated and stay in a positive place when you have that weighing on you constantly so yeah. i i think just on a personal level for you that's what i would say um i've been thinking about that myself too you know with my own life um, what i think i should be doing what i think i should be doing more of um what i should be doing less of 
eating <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Gotta light it up. Definitely eating too much. Um, but I think the the financial reality for you and me and most of our friends as musicians is crippling. Yeah. And completely <clears throat> crippling on a personal and mental, emotional level. You know, uh, in, in April, um, in April, the apartment complex that I'm in, they offered, I think it was March and April, they offered um, some help. Not much, not much at all, like the bare minimum. We, we will uh, let you do a payment plan and waive the late fee. So I still have to pay the full amount, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, you could make an argument on both sides. Should I or should I not? Like, can this company afford to, to uh, forgive some of these, the rents? Right. Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But in May and June, um, in May I was able to pay it, you know, or in the beginning. And then I, I went back to the office, nothing that like, payment plan with the late fees and all that like they're not helping at all and it's like i i you know it's that it's it's like yeah i still have rent but and these people still expect their money but i'm not getting money like how how am i gonna pay and yeah. if i if i pay it great i gotta pay it but what happens in july and august when i'm still not getting and um, and they're still expecting, you know, yeah. and everybody has that. Everybody has either rent. Some people are getting help, you know, from their companies. People have mortgages. Maybe they're getting more help or less help or, or none at all. And it just, that's the, that's the thing, you know, that's the, the worry. There's so many bigger things, but for me, for them, me personally, yeah. Yeah, am I going to be able to pay rent in August? Because I know it's coming. Yeah, and the gigs aren't coming back. And you know that there's never a good time for a pandemic to hit, of course. But um, for us, it it hit in our most lucrative season in the springtime in Florida, and now we're in the summer season, which has never yielded musicians much work. You just know that, and you prepare for it. Right, you know, but it's the spring season is usually kind of the time when you you get the cherry on top and the whipped cream and the sprinkles <laughs> <laughs> and most of the ice cream too. Well, well, even you can prepare for the summer with the spring. April for so many of the the people that I know, April was going to be uh, the best the best month. But that's how you survive the lean months that we're in now. Yeah, and. You know that got taken away. On a, I guess on a, on a slightly brighter note, I wanted to put this out there for. It only applies for uh, touring musicians that have been touring full time or part time or just making a significant uh, portion of their income through touring. Um, I pulled it up on my computer, so I make sure I say it right. It's uh, keeping the blues alive foundation with Joe Bonamassa. I guess he's an ambassador for that uh, for that program. I applied like a month ago because Dan Dan Navarro applied and he got a scholarship, and I applied and I just got an email yesterday saying that I was approved. Nice. Um, and it's a process where you 
you know, you put in the work with whatever artists or if you're the artist that you've done and you put down the gigs. So, of course, they want to make sure they're awarding, you know, this money to people that actually are touring musicians. Um, so anybody who's out there that's a touring musician in our area or if you're listening in another area and if you haven't heard about this organization, I want to say, first off, thank you to them um, because I, I was awarded the scholarship. It's $1,000. And they give you like a $500 uh, prepaid gas card, too. And there might be something else, too. I'm not sure. I just got the email. Um, but for any other touring musicians out there that haven't applied, definitely check that out. Because while the I feel like the Florida state government has completely failed so many musicians, uh, including myself. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, this there are people out there that literally are, are making a huge difference. Like a thousand dollars for me right now is huge. <laughs> it's a huge amount of money. Huge <laughs> amount of money. <laughs> so thank you, keeping the blues alive with Joe Bonamassa, and apply if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, and I'll have um, give me that, send me that link, and I'll have that in the show notes. Yeah, uh, with it. Um, so let's let's. Um, Let's move on to some of the other stuff that we were, we were planning because we we talked about this almost a year ago now. Yeah, <laughs> we were like up in Carrollwood on that trail, uh, and yeah. uh, oh, that was a year ago. That was a year oh, ago. Oh my goodness! I, <laughs> wow, because <laughs> I remember what was going on in my life back then. Um, different different times. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, we were talking then about, you know, mental health, and of course, these what's going on now can't be helping. Um, being cooped up indoors doesn't help one's mental health for most people. Yeah, even introverts, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, but one of the things that really struck me that you told me a long time ago, or I think it was over, even over a year, even over before that conversation. Yeah, you said that um, on tour, you know, you would go do the show, you know, fly out to wherever you're doing, fly, do the show, go to the venue, and then um, come back to your hotel room, and you made like a half joke, or I I understood it as a half joke, and you said, you know, then I, I'm going to go back to my hotel room after the show and just stare at the wall, sit and stare at the wall, <laughs> you know. And you know that's um, that struck me. I did I did laugh. It is a funny image, but it's also not funny. And I was thinking on the drive over here, I was thinking about this. It's like Chris Cornell played a show, went back to his hotel room. Yeah. And then commit a suicide. Yeah. And you you know, we would all think on the outside, nobody here is in this room and nobody listening is Chris Cornell. But we would all think, man, this guy has he's got it made. He's doing a great thing. You know, Soundgarden is back and he's he's got his life, he's I'm sure he's making money, he's got his family, he's you know, doing what he loves to do. Why? Why would he do that? I don't know if anybody knows those answers. I don't know if anybody can know those answers. Yeah. But tell me about your experience. Why did you say you would go back and just sit and stare at the wall? 
Yeah, I think like on a surface level, I mean, touring is such an amazing opportunity to get to experience, to get to be with your hopefully really good friends. For me, my best friends, Dave, Dan, Alfred, and Mandy, and play, and you've gotten to experience this with us too, um, and play really cool venues, theaters, where you have a a crowd who's actively listening, you know, and respectful. It's a privilege. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, the challenging part is, and, and not all the time, like some tours are like just so fast paced, you don't really have time to, to think. Uh, but let's say you're in Iowa in the middle of nowhere and uh, you don't know anyone. You're, it's kind of a small town and it's a smaller theater and you have all this time to kill. It's like, on one hand, you know, you can practice, you can write, you can email people. There's a million things you can do. Um, you can go out, you can explore. You, uh, but at the same time, when you come home from a gig uh, after whatever show we did, I forget where we played. I'm, I'm thinking of this one place in Iowa. I think it was Pella. I don't know. It, it's just, it's a weird feeling. It's like you're so far away from, from everything. And it's like, you have this incredible high and then it just, you know, life goes on. And then and just like that, you're in a hotel room, just kind of there in the middle of nowhere. And it can be, it definitely can be lonely and isolating, I think. Um, so I don't know. I, yeah. About Chris Cornell, I have no idea what was going on in his life. I, I imagine um, maybe he was he had clinical depression or something. You know, I think that the lifestyle of a touring musician, for sure, and having that incredible high, and then kind of like being around people all the time, you know, and surrounded by that energy, and then being by yourself definitely is a risk factor. I think for depression you know, which can lead to suicide or drug abuse, alcohol abuse, you know, anything that you can do to kind of bring yourself down or, um, or maintain the high or maintain the high. Yeah. Or just to escape, you know, whatever. And I think it's, it's interesting how on the outside, I mean, think of Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. You know, right. On the outside, you could appear to have literally the perfect life, you know, getting to travel all over the world and play amazing shows uh, for really appreciative people or eat the best food and visit the best places and meet incredible people. But it doesn't mean that there's something, I guess, in other words, Regardless of what you're doing, if let's say you do suffer from depression, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter what's in your life. Um, if nothing is, if you have all those things and nothing's good enough, or if that's how you feel, then imagine what, how much worse it could have been for, let's say, Anthony Bourdain or Chris Cornell if they were totally broke and, and had nothing. My, my theory is probably that it's just an internal struggle mm-hmm. that they both had I don't and know that I could be totally wrong but if that's the case then no one is uh, immune to that 
No. Right? On yeah. any level. I think genetics plays a big part of it. I definitely uh, struggle with it. And if, looking back at my genetic history, I, I see depression in my family, you know, among other things. Uh, alcoholism in my family, for sure. So I think, yeah, there's genetics, there's your, your personal resilience level to uh, hardship, whether that's career, economic, uh, societal, mm, political, yeah. uh, personal relationships. Um, and some people have a higher resiliency. When, I'm, when I say resiliency, I mean an ability to bounce back and without sounding too um, simplified, an ability to stay positive, Yeah, you know, um, look on the bright side, I guess. But not everyone has a super high resiliency and you could be incredibly wealthy and incredibly successful. You could be famous. You could be doing your dream job and still maybe have a low resiliency, maybe have a genetic history of uh, depression, maybe have issues with alcohol or substance abuse. Or you could have none of those things and still just whatever you know you you don't really know so do does the um, does the general public need to be aware of that um, I guess what I'm asking is um how much do we need to keep that in mind when we're viewing either celebrities or even people in our local scene you know right because I will never know such and such celebrity i may never know them on a personal level to get to ask them questions about how they actually feel right but my friends here in tampa or st pete you know i can know them yeah yeah i think on the celebrity level yeah you just you don't know um but on a personal level if you think that your friend is going through it or having some kind of issue then then ask them it doesn't or her it doesn't uh, how how would you how well, at least for you how yeah. how does someone broach that subject um i think direct and is is always better um just straight up how are you feeling you know and depending on the person you're talking to if you suspect they might be having mental health issues you might need to rephrase that question and ask it 10 more times, <laughs> you know, essentially the same thing, or maybe dig around to it. Or, and that person just might not want to talk about it. And that's, that's okay too. Or maybe the person is, maybe they have a higher level of resiliency and they're reaching out to you, you know, because they're not doing good. I think that a lower resiliency means, um, which often I've done this before myself. And I think, friends that I know that you know have had is issues with depression and um, you tend to want to retreat we've talked about yeah. this you tend to want to isolate even more which you might need to do but at a certain point the more you increase your isolation um, the less you have people around you to hold you accountable um, in many different ways uh, accountable for your own routines day to day and you know having some kind of a routine exercise whatnot helps to keep you mentally stay more alert um holds you accountable for maybe it's a 
uh, more of a work kind of acquaintance, you know, and you're working on a project like we've been from home. Maybe you're having a good week and then maybe you're having a bad week, but, you know, having someone there uh, to ask you, hey, how's the project coming along? That could be something that gets you up to to start working on anything, you know. So I think it just it just depends, but I think uh, trying is always to reach out to someone and find the best way for them to get them to open up is always a good thing. But you can't make someone talk about you know their own personal issues if they don't if they don't want to. Um, and it's interesting. It's I remember talking having that conversation with you about touring and the bike ride, and now it's interesting that we're in this. I'm just going to call it a global societal crisis, you know, on many different levels. And now I think to perhaps people that haven't experienced uh, depression before, maybe this this might be their first time uh, dealing with it. So I think in a way it's it's something we all need to be uh, acknowledging you know, our own personal mental health more than ever before. So, yeah, I don't know. I just hope that, you know, people that are listening to us having this conversation right now, before you talked about, is the music grind obsolete? Is it, is it, is it insignificant? Does it matter? Is there any point to having these conversations? And, on a personal level, right now, it matters to me that I'm talking to you, and that makes me feel connected, you know, and that's, I think, helps to build that resiliency that I'm talking about, having connection with other people. And hopefully people that are listening right now, whatever situation um, you're in in your life, hopefully this conversation can allow them to almost put themselves in my shoes or your shoes, you know, like when you're watching a, uh, a great film, you know, and you can identify yourself in the main characters and, oh, that person is going through that too, you know. Hopefully it can encourage people that maybe need some help um, or just need to reach out to a friend to, to do that or simply to just not feel alone. I know a lot of musicians are going to be listening to this, you know, that's kind of the audience that you're targeting and that listen to this stuff. So, if y'all got some, y'all got some problems and you feel sad, you can reach out to me, <laughs> or you can reach out to, yeah, you to can Tito. Reach out to me, yeah. Yeah, Tito's like, nah, I hate you, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not. But I do. I'll be. I'll be uh, frank instead of Tito. No, I'll be honest. Uh, I do reach out. I do, uh, struggle with that as well. The, the isolation, you know, for several reasons, not, not just, um, the, uh, the, uh, how'd you put it? Global societal crisis. Crisis. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Global societal crisis that we're in, which is playing a part. It's, you know, as I said, you know, it's fear about how do you pay rent. And for me personally, it's, um, it's about um, dealing with, you know, with what my life has, uh, stuff that has gone in my life, you know. Uh, I don't think I ever told you, mm. but the, I, I did tell some, some, one of my friends that, um, you know, you and I were on, uh, went out to the Mandy show in New Jersey, 
February 22nd and 23rd. Yes, and we had that epic <clears throat> meal. Which yeah. Was amazing. Yeah. And um, <laughs> the, the next day, the shows were the 22nd, 23rd. The next day was my ex-wife's birthday, the 24th. Oh, wow. So <clears throat> on the trip, I mean, I, I loved being on that trip because, as you said, you're out with your best friends, you're playing good music, and I got a chance to see uh, some of my friends and family yeah. from a long time ago. So this yeah. was a, this was this was my dream. This is go on the road, play music with my friends. This is exactly what I've wanted for the past however many years of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was on such a high from that, and I got back home the next day depressed yeah. because I didn't need any triggers, but just knowing that it's that it's her uh, her birthday was trigger enough yeah for all the memories and all the you know well what if and why this and you know what could have been and all that uh, that other mess that one goes through during uh, mm. uh, and after a divorce and I couldn't understand it it's like I was just I just did I just lived my dream and I can't get out of this depression yeah. from this one thing this person who pro- probably doesn't even uh think of me and doesn't like regard me why am i letting that dictate how i feel or how i see myself and what i believe and you know all these things and um so i just i say that to say that i struggle with that same exact thing too so if anyone does um reach out to me i'll be honest with them and we can talk about those um very real struggles yeah you know yeah, that's, uh, I think you touched on a point about, you know, triggers um, or just feeling almost like guilty for being depressed or, or sad, yeah. you know, like how come I'm letting this person, this event, this whatever it is affect completely to my physical being, not just my mental state like how i'm feeling and yeah i think you you need to stay busy so when you have like an incredible high i think it's just natural with life's balance to you can't have those incredible highs with having those incredible lows so (laughs) my theory is even though it sounds messed up it's like you have a high it's like if you're that kind of person that maybe has more um emotional peaks i don't know if would you say you are that kind of person or would you say usually you're pretty stable in the middle? Stable genius. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my life, I don't know if I'm a genius. Maybe I should take a test. Um, But most of my life, I think I have been very stable. It's only been in the past five-ish years that those, those hills and valleys have crept up. Yeah. Or at least expose themselves. If they were ever there before, I didn't notice them. Yeah. You don't know. It's it's so personal for everyone too how to how to deal with it because staying busy is great, you know. But that doesn't necessarily heal whatever wounds you have. Yeah. And mm. then also you might it might just be a wound that you can't identify yet, or maybe it's a genetic history and there isn't necessarily a wound. You just, it's like, why do I feel this way? You know? Mm-hmm. So, 
um, I think it's always good to have awareness and try to figure out why, you know, but then there comes a time where you're like, there's, there might not be an answer to the questions that you have and you just have to let it go. So it's like a hard thing of magnifying to try to figure out what's going on and then wanting to smash that magnifying lens because maybe you can't turn it off now and you're like, no, I, <laughs> so then you just have to do something and occupy your brain with, with something else, you yeah. know, to, you know, whether that's better or worse, I don't really know. <laughs> it's so different for everybody, you know? Right. Isn't there the, um, isn't there the risk that doing something else can be, can become the same thing as alcohol or drugs that escape that one might use a drug or alcohol or sex or any other vice let me now go and you know work on a million different songs and projects and whatever it couldn't be can be that escape i know that i i know that i have that tendency and yeah. in fact i remember um i remember a situation where i told you know i told my ex-wife we were having a a uh, an argument of a uh, fight really and i said i was i'm just going to go back to my office cuz i i know i'm good at that i know i'm good at working yeah and i know for certain that i use it as an escape you know which is i don't know maybe it may or may not have been the right thing to do at that time but um but i know i have that tendency to do that at least we work yeah you know i i don't I'm not going to get into drugs. That's not my thing. I'm not going to get into alcohol. That's also not my thing. But I am going to get into work, you know, as an escape. Yeah. That's not any better. I don't know. I mean, is it? I mean, maybe, maybe it is because then you're creating something or bettering yourself. You know, if you're confronted with a situation where you can't solve the problem, and I'm just talking about you right yeah. now. and whatever was happening in your personal relationship, you both hit a wall and you weren't able to figure out a solution or, or, or a compromise or, or whatever, a way to both move forward feeling true to yourselves or, or whatever you know criteria you use to have success in a relationship. Um, if you can't go there, it's natural to want to go to somewhere that you can control, you know, and whether you're using that as a vice or an addiction i mean i think that's the human condition and that's the hard part that different people have different things that they turn to in times of uh, sadness depression anger you know rage um joy you know any extreme emotion or feeling i think people will turn to to try to get that feeling or run away from that feeling and uh i don't really i don't have the answer to that i don't really know but maybe ask the dalai lama <laughs> or maybe ask the pope mm -hmm. i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's possible to achieve that balance you know between self-accountability and self-awareness and relationship awareness and um output or whatever you know whatever the your factors are because everyone has a different way of looking at how they want their life to be whatever your criteria are for um evaluating a personal successful life journey 
I, I don't know if it's possible to have a balance, but you can. I think the key is trying to. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're trying to, great. And I think when people are depressed, that's where they they might dip down to just not wanting to try anymore. And I think because you know to jump away from the personal level and now to the societal level, just in our country, even it's really hard to to do that right now when you feel like um, for a lot of people, I imagine it, it might be really hard to to feel like you're affecting the change you want to see in in any real meaningful way. So what you, do you, what you do might you give like? up rather than than try. Oh, I see. You know? Like you, like your individual effort is too small to make a change? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that might just be a momentary thing because the whole weight of everything going on, personal, economic, uh, socially, uh, politically, um, pandemically, I think I just made up a new word. <laughs> um, that might be a, a moment that passes and then you get back to figuring out what you can do, but think it's natural right now for people to have that feeling you know of just not really being so completely uh just saddened by a lot of things happening um but you know hopefully the the thing that uh you and i can even just from our personal conversation take away from this is you gotta try you gotta you gotta try whatever it is you have to do something you know what have you what what have you found works for you to be able to cope and to try um some days uh music you know performing music by myself you know uh for family making these videos has has been fun um recording um Some days that's makes me feel worse because I I think about what I had <laughs> mm. and probably took for granted being able to make a living as a local musician and a touring musician and it's gone, you know. Um uh, and then some days it's this like talking with you right now, having a super intimate conversation that normally I probably wouldn't be comfortable having uh on a podcast, but you know, let's be frank. Uh, probably aren't going to be like a million people listening to this. So if there's, you know, hopefully there is some significance to it. But if not, if just the significance of this conversation right now is me and you talking, then for me that's trying mm-hmm. because I'm trying to have a personal connection with you and you're my friend and I care about you. So Thanks, man. Yeah. I care about you too. Thank you. There's some... Um I think it's true that there's um there's good art that comes from pain. Yeah. And we hope I I think at least I hope that that's not the only um catalyst for good art. Uh can we get good art out of <laughs> one depression, mental health issues? Can we get good art out of um Well, I think I mean, yeah, I guess I guess I kind of know that out of global societal crisis, you know, what if what if the song What's Going On had never been written because the person did never, you know, what if they thought this, you know, this one thing is is not a big enough change. Yeah. 
we wouldn't have that iconic song or you know things like that um have you <clears throat> i mean I, I know you have a song yeah but that was even before this particular yeah. crisis yeah has any other art for you emerged from this honestly no i haven't i haven't been writing music on a personal level i think i've seen a lot of really cool stuff and heard a lot of really cool stuff and that's been but from other people's um you know personal creativity i just watched um spike lee's uh new movie defy bloods on netflix yeah. it's uh basically about uh the vietnam war and five black veterans that go back to vietnam um to try to find the remains of their friend i'm not going to say anything else in case you haven't seen it or want to see it but it made me think about uh society and life and uh, a lot of different ways and it was very impactful for me and very timely for what's going on right now uh, but yeah I'm not going to try to explain it because Spike Lee does an incredible job storytelling and I'll let the movie speak for itself but for me that was um, inspirational and made me want to try you know on a personal level um, also on a societal level too so but I've been, you know, I've been practicing here and there. I might have a really productive week or a couple of weeks, and then I might have uh, some unproductive weeks. Um, I have been making progress on my album, and I know we're probably going to start talking about this song too. But this is the song we're going to start talking about uh, called "Pull Me Through." It's going to be actually the first single for my album. Uh, I just finished making the music video. Uh, which I'm going to put on YouTube. Uh, and I've been making slow progress on mixing and uh, producing the rest of this album, which this song is going to be from. So that's been nice. I'm not necessarily writing anything new. It's all stuff that's mostly recorded and written. It just maybe I have to redo a guitar part and maybe I have to redo a vocal part. So maybe small individual choices of arrangement. But um, yeah, just trying, just trying to finish that. <laughs> But this particular song, I mean, I, I've known this song and you've performed it live um, yeah. before and I've heard it and, and all kinds of things. As you said, it's not new. Um, but it comes from this same topic. Mm -hmm. tell, tell them tell, and tell us about this song and where it comes from. Yeah, I think it's just that, that point uh, when you're you're experiencing great sadness or grief or depression or of just feeling like you need something to pull you out of it you know like it's almost like you're resigned to it and you feel uh helpless like you can't there's nothing that you can do personally to get yourself out of it even though there are things you can do it's when you know that feeling when you feel so down that you feel like it's never going to end and like it starts affecting you physically. So it's almost just kind of like that point where I'm like, I'm yelling at the end of the song, you know, pull me through because something myself, my wife, my friends. And, and it's, it's not really a cry for help or anything like that. It's just the, a way that I could as best as I could, you know, in my guitar playing, 
in my singing in the arrangement. Uh, Dave Hamar is playing drums and Joe Coyle is playing organ. I'm doing guitar and bass and singing. Um, but in that arrangement and in the lyrics and in the singing, just describe that that feeling, which I know we're talking about a lot right now. I don't feel <laughs> depressed all the time. I know this is kind of the topic of our podcast, and I know you don't either. So it's important to note that, guys. Tito and I are reasonably adjusted people, for musicians anyway, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as reasonable we, as we could be. But since this is a topic, I was just trying to dive into that feeling, which I think anyone can uh, relate to you know whether you have depression or whether you've just felt uh, extreme grief from the loss of a loved one or or societal grief on a larger state because of what's happening in our country right now you know I don't remember when exactly I wrote it but I remember what I was thinking when I wrote it I was like let me see if I try to come up with some kind of like intro guitar chord sequence it sounds like John Mayer <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking <laughs> but subconsciously I don't think I was like actively it just because I listened so much to him um, but yeah. Um, yeah I understand there's a bunch of stuff that, that I write that winds up sounding like Peter Gabriel or Rush yeah because <laughs> like, yeah. you know. that's what you listen to yeah. Yeah, that's well, and that's probably what emotionally resonates with you and that's what I hope for this song, I don't, I'm not, it's literally, I'm not concerned about making money at all. I, I would just like my friends and family to, to hear this song, Pull Me Through, which uh, we're going to play at the end, or Tito's going to play at the end of this episode, but you can get it um, when this episode is, is released on the Music Grind. It'll be available on YouTube. So if you go to Will Thomas Music FL, you'll see it up there on the homepage. I'm also going to have it on Bandcamp, um, and there'll be links in the YouTube uh, uh, comments, or not the comments, but the description section. To if you just want to listen to the audio, it'll it'll be for sale, but you can stream it if you want to. Like I said, I'm not concerned but, about making. But eventually, when the album is out, that will be for sale. It will be part of that album. What's the name of the album? Yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly yet. Um, I know what the next single is going to be, and that's going to be involving a lot of musicians in our local area. And I'm going to try to uh, ask Dave and Jarrett if they are still doing telethons, if we can have that one be premiered on the telethon. But I'm going to leave that one a, a surprise because I'm really excited. Yeah, and it's yeah. not quite done. But um, yeah, my goal is to have the album done within the next couple months it's really close but this was a tangible goal for me to finish a song and uh get this video together and i figure there's just not a lot of money to be made in the music scene right now i am teaching so i'm really grateful for that but uh i have i guess the positive thing is i have a little more time to work on on these projects now so uh, yeah um, so basically I think what we can walk away from is first of all vote <laughs> local but in terms of um, mental health no one is, is immune from it on any level so you, the, the people that you go and see at your local beach bar could also be struggling you know whether they're your friends or not, they might be struggling. Just know that um, 
that we as musicians and do you think that the the musician life i know i would imagine touring exacerbates it but do you think that the musician life in general um breeds uh uh not that's not that it causes depression or mental health issues but it just creates an environment where it's more easily i don't know we're more susceptible yeah well i think uh <laughs> the average uh lifespan of a professional musician <laughs> is probably lower than your average uh person i don't you know don't, don't quote me on that but uh i think there are a lot of a lot of vices you know that's one area just the isolation that's another area the have it just working all the time and you might love working all the time but the reality is if if you want to further your career um you need to just be working a lot like of course like not even talking about practicing and perfecting your craft or your act or whatever band you're playing with that's a given you know but so many other things like booking yourself uh Uh, marketing yourself online if that's what you're into marketing yourself in person in whatever local scene you're in um, trying to be if you want a certain gig trying to be at the right places at the right times and meet the right people I don't mean right like there's a right and wrong but if you have a goal in mind yeah you know um, then you're gonna want to you know talk to try to make friends with the drummer in the band or the bass player in the band or whatever uh, so yeah I think that can be another another issue just having to work all the time um and some people are that might be what they need to to be saved you know to have mm. to have that mental health balance and then for other people that might be part of what uh it's a really interesting choice of word there what yeah. might be what they need to be saved yeah um i have a i have this theory that i'm going to or this hypothesis that I'll throw out and let me see if you agree or not or or what your assessment is I the, here's my hypothesis those of us in whether it's music or you know theater or things like those of us performing artists that constantly and willingly put ourselves on stage in front of people I mean, you know, being on stage, you're going to be critiqued, you're going to be watched, you're going to be looked at. Whether or not that's your goal, you know, it's seeking attention, but we willingly put ourselves on stage. I think each of us that choose that life have some level of dysfunction that has pushed us to choose that life. Obviously, there are people on you know, greater scale, some with less, you know, and I'm sure there would be people out there that would say, no, I don't have any dysfunction. Yeah. I don't know. How does that, how does that ring with you? you have any thoughts on that? Like, uh, I don't think you have to have a certain level of dysfunction, uh, to want to be a musician or performer, but certainly, um, <laughs> uh, it would seem that perhaps, musicians um are more susceptible to lives of imbalance perhaps because of their work work schedule you know uh touring you yeah. know the um, schedule's being, 
big thing. Yeah, it's hard to main, maintain like a, a routine. Which, on one hand, you know, routines can be good for your uh, just to stay productive, you know, and uh, stay sane. But on the other hand, the flip side of the coin is if you're in the same routine all day every day, like you're never going to grow and you're not going to change. So, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know if I agree with mm-hmm. that, but I think that perhaps more likely than other careers, I would agree that, uh, you know, a performer that is perhaps broken might be looking to create uh, because that's what they need to, to feel whole, you know, maybe more likely than other career choices, but certainly not an absolute. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna start asking a bunch of people because I would. Yeah. I, I want to get a an idea of where people stand on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'd be. I, yeah, I'm curious to see what what people say yeah. about that. Um. So, is there anything else you want to add to to wrap this up? Um. Thank you for listening. Uh. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh. Thanks for being my friend. And. Uh, yeah, Tito's gonna play Pull Me Through now, and I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, yeah, you can get it at uh, Will Thomas Music FL. Just search for that on YouTube, and my profile will, will pop up, and there'll be links there for Bandcamp and other platforms. Excellent. Thanks, Will. Yeah, thank you. Surrounding by